Do you want to hear that sometimes I think about eating a bullet? Well, I do. I do. I even got a special one for the occasion with a hollow point. Look, every single day I wake up and I think of a reason not to do it every single day. And you know why I don't do it? This is going to make you laugh. You know why I don't do it? The job. Doing the job. Well, I'm living in the ice age. No one only $1.99 buys you at Ponderosa right now. You'll get nothing like it. Swatch. What? Hot weight is dead. Pontiac Fiero. It says 100% guaranteed, you moron. This is crazy. This is crazy. This is crazy. My density has popped me to you. But it's only authentic if it says members only right here. Live from Spud's McKenzie Studios, welcome to Living in the 80s, the podcast where we talk about anything and everything having to do with the 1980s. The best that we remember. Oh yeah. Good evening, gentlemen. Good evening. Good evening. Gentle fellow. (laughs) Well, we are not in the friendly confines of members-only studios today. We are at Matt's house. Spuds McKenzie Studios. I like yes. it. Yes. Very welcoming environment. There it is. It is. Yes. It's got an air Very airy. Very, nice. yeah. Lots of good light coming in. Very well, nice. and we have Kevin the dog here, who we introduced to Kevin Ackley. Yeah, very So that's good stuff. It was a great meeting. It was a long time coming. So it was. Yeah. I, I never knew he had a dog named Kevin all this time. So. There it is. <laughs> now you we name your next that. dog after me. We'll see. Mike's not a bad name for a dog, though. But will it be Snowball? Snowball will be, if he ever has a cat. If you get a cat, you can name it Snowball. Field, come here, Field. (laughs) (laughs) Field's good. I like Field. Oh, goodness. (laughs) Snowball. So before we get started on 1987, I wanted to mention our fan of the decade. Maybe the greatest fan that this podcast has. Undoubtedly. Undoubtedly. (laughs) I'm talking about Sharon Ackley. She listens to every podcast. And Kevin, I want you to share your 4th of July experience. <laughs> yeah, so I was down at her house for 4th of July, and I went into her computer room. She wanted me to download some pictures because, you know, yeah. when you go over to your parents' house, you're like the IT support. Yep, yep. So I'm in there, and I noticed this pad of paper laying there. And on each line was listed the date of the podcast, who was on the podcast, and what the topic was. And Crazy. I start flipping through it. It was like five or six pages long. It's every, and, every one. It's every yeah. podcast. Every You're podcast. talking 133 episodes. Right, yes. right. That's a lot of paper. But we have to talk about the best part, right? Oh, I'm, yeah. I'm reading Do it. down through it. And it gets to this one line and it says, says something about a wrestling podcast. She says who was on it. She goes, in parentheses, didn't finish. Boring. <laughs> <laughs> Now, come on, Sharon. Now, you're, I don't know. We might have to revoke her uh, no, fan no, of the decade after no, that comment. No, no. So she then I flipped is... through it a couple more pages, and you guys, of course, did a second wrestling podcast. So this time she didn't say it was boring. She just put a frowny face. <laughs> so, so apparently not a fan of the wrestling okay, Other than that, she likes it. How awesome is that? That, that is she awesome. She would do that. So here's a funny part. Well, one of the funny parts. On... 
it was July 4th, you were there. My birthday's a couple days later. I get a birthday meme from Sharon. It's got Macho Man Randy Savage on it. There it is. <laughs> she might be a closet fan. I, I think, think she she's is. a closet wrestling is. fan. She puts a frown on there, right. but I'm, she's really she's really a huge Sting fan, I'm pretty about. sure. I'm she pretty probably sure. wanted to be on that podcast. Maybe that's, that's what she was upset about. Yeah, she didn't get invited. She came in here throwing throw an elbow on us or something. <laughs> wow. Yeah, Sharon Ackley, the fan of fans. She is. Wow. Undoubtedly. That's great. <laughs> We are going to get into the rest of our podcast now, and we are going to talk this week about the year 1987. Mike, Matt, you guys graduated high school this year. Yes, we did. So talk a little bit about 1987, what it meant to you. What were you doing? Uh, well, Mike's going to tell us first. What, how was you doing, Mike? I was doing fine. I graduated <laughs> from high school. That was fine. You know, I always kind of thought high school, eh, that's just something you do. Then I got to go to college, and that was awesome. So that was also my freshman year in college. So yeah, yeah. the uncool part was we were the first class not to make the drinking age of 18, 19, whatever it was. So we had to wait till we were 21. But, yeah, yeah so that was. So did you wait? A few months. <laughs> <laughs> That's good stuff. That's good. Yeah, senior year. I mean, it, it just doesn't get any better than than that. You know, I mean, it was just. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I, I I had a good high school experience. Everybody asked those questions. Would you go back and do it again if you could? I mean, I, I loved high school. I mean, I think I, there's a. I ain't saying a hundred percent definitely would go back, but there's probably more of me that would want to go back than... Which one? Like, you went to a couple of them. I did. <laughs> well, no, I only, I only went to the the, Christ, the, the the church school for like half, half, of, my year, junior, half of my junior year, just because I was ineligible in basketball, so <laughs> so it's another story. But uh, so, so to go back my senior year was was a lot of fun. Uh, we, we had a, it was a great time. And then did you start college in the fall? Absolutely. And then did it take you a long time to adjust to the size of that campus? It was huge, yeah. It was a little bit smaller than my high school, <laughs> so I uh, had, had to downsize a little bit, uh, so it's kind of a different thing. It was weird, but you know what's funny is it was, uh, you know, we, we didn't, it was far enough away that we didn't commute. Had, you know, uh, me and my buddy Keith Madden were roommates in mm, college. Oh my and, goodness. Dude, that's there's. I mean, you just don't even you don't even know it. In, in that first week of college, uh, you know, here here we are. We're not far from home, and and we're you know these two cool guys. At least we thought we were, whatever. But that first week of college, uh, I'm I may or may not cry like a baby a couple times. Really? Just, I mean, just I mean, just, you miss Gail tucking you in every that's night. What it is. I mean, but I, I'm sure this first that first week. We, I mean, we was just, and I, I don't know if it's because maybe we had girlfriends in, in Cologne. I, I don't know what the deal was. You were supposed to break up with them before <laughs> you left. I'm sure we did soon after. No, you, 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 drag them, you drag them along a little bit just in case the college girls don't Christmas break. But I, I don't know <laughs> yeah. if it was the girl. I don't know what the deal was, but <clears throat> I remember that first week, we were, like, really sad. And we, oh, and we, man. And it was like, I mean, we were, like, playing... You know, like like you know, family music. Like you know, it's been seven hours. <laughs> Just it's been seven hours and fifteen days since you took your love away. So it was, it was terrible. It was <laughs> really? terrible. Wow. That's um, and 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 but we had this moment. We're like, what are what are, what are we what are we doing? And just snapped out of it and. Never look back. Loved it, it from day one. Absolutely. I, wow. yeah, day one. <clears throat> Best thing ever. Love Actually, it. I remember meeting this uh, one guy. We were all hanging out the first day. 
that night, we all go back to our dorm and he goes, I'm not going to be here tomorrow. I'm like, what do you mean you're not going to be here tomorrow? I'm going home. Fixed out after day one? <laughs> Next morning, we stop by his room to go to breakfast. He's gone. Wow. Really? I was not kidding. I am really <laughs> not. Wow. So where did you go to college at? University of Finley in okay, Northwest yes. Ohio. I knew this. I don't know. Home of the Oilers. The Oilers. Kevin, uh, 1987, you know, we were... Out of high school. Yeah, so we were up to? we were working men at that point. I was working at Nationwide, so um, actually my news story kind of revolves around what I was doing at that time. But yeah, I, I had a job. Still had not met Diana. I actually, well, actually I take that back. I met her September of '87. I'd went on a my first flight ever. I'd never been on an airplane. Went on a flight out to California and came back and got involved in some small group that we were having at church. And that's when I met her. So. Kind of became friends with her over the next few months, and then you know led into '88 when we you know started officially dating. So yeah, '87 year I met her. Nice. I was working at Auto Body Supply at that time, and I was dating the girl that I would end up marrying, and we, I went on vacation with her and her family in the summer of '87, and we went to Myrtle Beach. Now, growing up, our vacations were typically uh, we'd go to the Smokies, Smoky Mountains, and then we'd go to visit relatives and, you know, a few states over and stuff. But this is the first time I'd ever been to the ocean, and it was mm. breathtaking. Like, think about the first time you we went to the ocean, right? Oh, yeah. It's like, wow, just that just that line where the ocean just meets the sky was just, that's great. So, what was the, oh, the horizon? The horizon. Cool. Yeah, that's what I remember about 1987. Good time. Now, we're going to get on with the year as far as the rest of the world was concerned and do a little thing we like to call... In the News. So these are some news items we pulled out of our extensive research we all did. Absolutely. And we're going to talk about some things that happened. Matt, let's just start with you right out of the gate. Right out of the gate. Well, we're going to, you know, one of my go-tos is the king, right? Uh, ain't that right, A-Train? Going straight to the king. Jerry Lawler? No, no. The other no. king. Yeah, the other king. The other king. Your king. Uh, but uh, Elvis Presley, he died uh, August 16, 1977. However, in 1987, it was like the, you know, the big... Uh, memorial comm- commemoration of, of his death, and uh, they had uh, Elvis impersonators from all over the world uh, just ascend to Memphis, and it was uh, uh, rumors of uh, 100,000 people gathered to, wow. to celebrate uh, the life. <clears throat> I'm reading a couple articles about it, well, an article. <laughs> a couple hundred. It, it, it was saying how they, uh, some people were, were just, because uh, this, this is still kind of fresh, right? I mean, 10 years ago really wasn't that long ago from uh, you know, actually, those who've seen Elvis and toured, you know, watched his concerts and knew about his life a little bit more. But uh, at the gathering, there's a lot of his gospel songs that were saying, you know, a lot of uh, just all of, his, all of his gospel albums were saying it. And people were going, huh, well, that's how we're going to remember the king because they said, actually, he was this bloated, drug induced kind of a guy that yeah. <laughs> died on his toilet. But, um, Did he die? Or did well, you buy into well, the conspiracy? Allegedly, yeah. allegedly. Let's, say, let's say allegedly passed away. Was he away. driving a truck? What was he doing? That's, was he working just, at Burger King? <laughs> is, he a, is he a pastor now in Kentucky? That's what they think. That's what they think. I don't know if you've heard that one or not, but he is still alive. How old would he be now if he was <laughs> still alive? 88? Uh, oh, that's all? Okay. Yeah, he's like okay. late 80s. Late okay. 80s. He was born in 1935. Oh, yeah. okay. 
So let's do math. Whatever the math is. Yeah. Whatever the math is. Like Sixty-five plus what? Yeah, he'd be eighty-three. Yeah, eighty-eight. Hmm. Some say he is pastoring it and. Uh, I think Bob something. I mean, it's, it's it's freakish. It's freakish. This dude, you know, when you do facial recognition, which they've all done already. Oh yeah. 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 I mean, and this guy sings and as church, he's a Passover <laughs> small church. I'm telling you, this is the dude. I think he's still alive. So when he, you know, they thought he died. I wonder if he lost the weight and got down to like fighting weight again, oh, and for then sure. went to Kentucky and yeah, and started and church. Great pastor. Yeah. Oh, good, good for stuff. him. Yeah. Kevin, what do you got there, Bob? Um, in 1987, July 17th of 1987 to be exact, the Dow Jones Industrial Average hit its highest mark ever. It broke 2,500 <laughs> for the first time. 2,500. Any idea what is that now? 35,300 35. and some. <laughs> yeah, what? R- uh, roughly. <laughs> 340. That's where I'm going. Yeah, yeah. Over 35,000 now. 2,500 at the time. That was and that was big news. That was big news, except bigger news. Two months later, a little crash. Two months later, Black Monday happens, October 19th. Dow Jones Industrial Average fell 508 points, which isn't a lot in today's time. But when you're at 2,500, yeah, yes. percentage-wise, that was almost a 23% drop in one day, the largest drop ever. So it's like right when you're thinking, hey, we're making money, boom. Two months later. What's wow. gone? Today that won't happen because the market will shut down. Yeah, they've got things in place to keep that from happening again. But now, if it drops 500 points, no one needs to bat an eye. That's, yeah. every, that's every day. Yeah, so, it feels like. But yeah, I, I was working at the time, and that was like a huge deal. Like that was a very problematic. It was right around the time we were going to that U2 concert, and I was like, oh, they don't make me work late and miss the U2 concert. Yeah, <laughs> so I was a little nervous, but luckily we made it happen. Didn't. Yeah, we made it happen. So that's my story. What's you, Mike? Well, in 1987, I don't want it to to go without recognizing Mike has handwritten notes on a notebook today. Yeah, he's done like that it was 1987. Very Sharon Ackleish. Mother, there is no other like mother, so treat her right. Mother, I always love her. My mother, so treat her right. Yes. <laughs> she inspired me. Don't write any smart, uh, uh, frowny faces over. Oh, there will be some by the time we're done. Yes. Oh, that's great. Just depend on how you guys react to my little tidbits here. All right, so my news story would be in 1987, we had the first condom commercial on television. Oh, wow. Was it Trojan? Trojan was one of them. Obviously, you think of that time period. Uh, the AIDS epidemic was mm. kind of starting to kick in. Mm-hmm. So even before 1987, the word condom was never mentioned on television. <laughs> but Cagney and Lacey on network television mentioned condoms in 1987. Oh, you know Cagney. how cutting edge Cagney and Lacey yeah, was. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yep. So it, the ads first appeared in San Francisco, Detroit, and Indianapolis. Yeah. Wow. Crazy. So I have actually three news stories. Wow. Of course. I overachieved. No, these are good. You'll like these. <laughs> you, uh, you will. The first one. The first one is Fox Broadcasting Company made its debut. Yes, it did. Mm. So oh, prior yes. to Fox, we had three network stations, yeah. ABC, NBC, and CBS. And then PBS was a public station with educational shows and so yeah. forth. Yeah, it made its debut, so 1987. Mm-hmm. I remember that, and I remember how the other networks made fun of them and their programming and... 
rowdies they saw a different niche they went after it and were very successful yeah, yeah they sure were. so cbs is showing simon and simon and cagney and lacy and fox is showing the tracy ullman show and yes. married, uh, with, married children. with children yes mm-hmm. so yeah big difference the second new story i have the song animal by def leppard mm-hmm. Debuted at number 34 on the UK pop charts this week in 1987. Think, oh, that's funny. It would later peak at number four. Hmm. This was Def Leppard's first top 40 hit in the UK, their home country. Wow. Really? Like, they had hit it big in the US, selling out arenas all over the place. Huh. It took them till 1987, after they started in like 1979 as a group, it took them that long in order to get. A song yeah. on the charts. A song on the charts in their own country. So in '83, they had Rock of Ages. They had Photograph, Photograph and that did not. That did that not song. chart in their wow. own country. Hmm. That is, that's a shocking news story. That is. I thought this that's just shocking. in. Yes. <laughs> wow. So he, here, well. here is my fascinating news story. You guys, we're going to test you here, and the audience at home, see if you remember this. Does anyone remember the VCR Plus? Of the VCR no. Plus. Okay. You remember the TV guides back in the day would yeah. have your show and have like a six-digit code or something after it? So that's the VCR Plus. So you can buy this external device to hook to your cable box or VCR. I can't remember which one to hook to. Maybe both. And you would punch in the code, and it would automatically record that show for you. So you hmm. wouldn't have to program your VCR. Oh. You just go to the code and pretty cutting edge. It, it was. That's crazy. I never so knew that existed. Did. Yes. Well, it happened. The original in, DVR, basically. Exactly. Huh. So it came out in 1987, and then early 90s, it was pretty big. People were starting to get it. They're building VCRs with VCR Plus built into it at, at that point. Wow. But uh, yeah, well, here, let's hear this ad for VCR Plus from 1987. When you want to tape your favorite shows, does it turn into a big production? Not with VCR Plus, the one-step programmer that works with your VCR and VCR Plus codes. Those numbers next to the shows in your TV guide and newspaper. Simply punch in the codes for the shows you want to tape. That's it. No more hassles. So program the old way or the new easy way with VCR Plus. Now available at fine retailers near you. There it is. Mm. Yeah. So the Morgan. So, of course, as time went on, DVRs came out and it kind of went by the wayside. But up until I believe it was like 1998 or 99, it was still a thing. But again, not a whole lot of people had it. Well, I did. I had one. You did have one? I did have one, yeah. Because I'm thinking there's four people at this table. We didn't even and have, we have a VCR. Even <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> didn't have one. Nope. There you go. More you know. The more you know. The more you grow. All right. We're going to be right back after this brief timeout, and we're going to go on to the rest of 1987. Stay tuned. Thank you for listening to Living in the 80s. We want to take this opportunity to thank all of those that helped make this possible. First and foremost, we want to thank Spotify for Podcasters for providing this platform, as well as Apple Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, and about a dozen others. We also want to give a special thank you to Star1079.com and Roundtown Radio, where you can hear this podcast weekly. Also, be sure to check us out in our Facebook page, Living in the 80s. Most of all, we want to thank you for listening. 
No, well, I just can't even <laughs> Welcome back to Living in the 80s. Snowball is really in rare form tonight. He's pure energy. He is. Well, I don't know if he's pure energy. He's, he's amped up energy. There he's amped up energy. So we are going to get on with 1987. We're going to talk about some fashion trends, some music, TV, movies. And, well, we'll just start off with fashion trends. Snowball, you seem to be most interested in I get to topic. go first? Yeah, yeah go right ahead, man. Okay, well, it is 1987, freshman in college. So now it's time to be collegiate. Uh-oh. You know, got to have the look. Got my first backpack, little Jan Sport backpack. Got me an umbrella. It's Jan Sport? I thought it was Jan Sport. I did, too. <laughs> I, I was going to say Jan Sport. I, I do just you, uh, found out today it was Jan Sport. I could be wrong. We are looking at how to pronounce the name of this brand famous for its backpacks in particular. So let's hear it from the brand itself. You can see this is the YouTube channel uh, from the brand itself. Let's hear it. Hey guys, it's Jason. I'm a senior product developer at Jansport, and today I'm going to yeah, walk you've you through it. Jansport. Hold I'm on. I'm just saying. You, uh, you, have you for 35 years said Jansport? Yes, I have. <laughs> <laughs> Has anybody, have you ever noticed when you're talking about your new backpack, someone giggling? I don't know if I've talked <laughs> about my backpack <laughs> at all. pedantic person just brought that up out of nowhere. <laughs> so, also, I made uh, the purchase of a small umbrella, which is a very strategic maneuver. It's raining. If you're walking across campus, there's that poor girl without an umbrella. Shaboom. There's your Players opportunity. Gotta play. Uh huh. <sighs> so you didn't just like take it around on a sunny day and twirl it as you're walking or anything? No, I wasn't a umbrella twirler. <laughs> no. And it was just black and orange. It was just your basic young sport packer. That's all you were. <laughs> right. Yep. Also throwing some attitude glasses, which were just literally. Glass, regular glasses, but they weren't prescription. They were just clear glasses. Oh, the fake. Yeah, the fake glasses. That's why you so, have to wear glasses today, because you faked it back then. Because I was faking this, yeah. like the price I pay today. The price uh-huh. you pay today. Yeah. There, is that what you did? Chew on the lens like, like you're smart? <laughs> yes, yes. Okay. Maybe even a pipe. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> With an ascot and a silk smoking no. jacket. Oh, that's great. Yep. So, very collegiate look of 1987. Nice. Very good. What about you guys? Any uh, specific I mean, When you were trends? crying about not being I, home. I, I, for the record, really cried a couple of days. Maybe a week. Mom, Maybe my laundry. Week. It's filthy. I wear the <laughs> same pair of underwear every day. That might have been part of it. That might have been part of it. Um, yeah, there were some tears. I, I think I still think we were, we were probably riding the, the Miami Vice thing, you know, yeah. which isn't collegiate, but we just was, thought we were cool. You Fashionable. Know? Fashionable. Had the, the, jack, the, the jacket kind of pull your sleeves up on. Remember those? Yeah. It's kind of like that. Um, we talked before with no socks. It didn't wear, I don't think it wore socks in 87 at all. <laughs> ever. Ever. Do you have foot powder? No, it was a bad year. Bad year. <laughs> forgot that at yeah, home. I forgot that. But yeah, I mean, I, I, it wasn't, uh, we didn't have a collegiate look per se. No one would really mistake our college as collegiate. So <laughs> we were still in high school rules, I think. But, yeah. uh, you know, yeah, I don't know, nothing crazy. Yeah. I remember the, the black glasses, kind of like the, the, the fake Ray-Bans that were really oh, popular. Yeah. You could buy them at like Buzzard's Nest or whatever. Yeah. Um, so... That was kind of important, that, that kind of like the cool glasses. So. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, mullets. But mullets, yeah. Mullets. mullets. That goes without saying. 
So I put took some notes here, uh, and this kind of comes back, and this will come back later in our conversation. But hair bands were huge back then, you know, Motley Crue, Winger, Bon Jovi, yeah. Rat, some of these people. And so that look, I think, was in. Like, especially girls, the hair was super teased yeah. by oh, 1987. Yeah. yeah. Up until probably 80, well, probably in the early 90s. Right. But it was like that rock and roll look, and everything was acid washed. Everything, like the, the torn jeans. A lot of bandanas. Yeah, a lot of bandanas. Shredded t-shirts were Shredded very, t-shirts very popular. Were very popular. Mm-hmm. Yes. But one thing I remember was Spuds McKenzie. Yes. He, not only was he a trend, but he was also a fashion trend. Everybody, I don't think I had one, but just about everybody had a Spuds McKenzie t-shirt. Yes, I had one, and... Uh, of all people, I know the last people, one I would guess the guy that doesn't drink beer. I think it was. I feel like I bought it at Silverman's, but it doesn't seem possible. Maybe I bought it at Penny's or something. I'm not sure. But it was Spencer's. Maybe it was Spuds McKenzie on a surfboard. Okay. And in the bottom, it, it like had the little Bud Light logo, and so I bought it and I came home with it. And Mom's like, "Hmm." <laughs> She's like, "You all church lady on Where you? did yeah, I go special. wrong?" And she, she's like, why are you... I said, well, she's really popular. He's on commercials and stuff, you know. And, and she came back a little bit later, like an hour or two later. She goes, okay, I've thought about it. She goes, you can wear that to school. She goes, but is it okay if I take a white marker and, and rub out the Bud Light? And I was like, like no, like, don't mess up my shirt. And now I look back, I'm like, yeah, you should, I should have had her do that, you know. But right. at the time, I'm like, I don't want to embarrass myself and have you... Wipe out the blood. Well, or would anybody but, really notice? They just see spuds. Yeah, they probably just saw spuds. They, they might have thought you just got like a knockoff shirt at like the South High Flea Market or something. <laughs> you know, I, don't, I don't think kids could wear a Bud Light or a Budweiser shirt to school now. Would they be allowed to do that? Today? Yeah. High school? I don't know. My kid went to a Christian school, so yeah. no. So definitely no. <laughs> I don't know. I'm sure it's probably against. I would you imagine you can't wear against... a Jack Daniels shirt or something. Yeah. I remember in high school, like kids were wearing Jack Daniels shirts and. You know, maybe beer shirts. Yeah, but I don't know if you could do that. I don't now. know if you could. I don't. It's I, kind of I funny. Kind of you would feel like they wouldn't things, let you. Yeah, you would think expect things to get less strict, but I think yeah. I think they kind of. Well, I think in some ways they are because like you know, girls are good at school now with short shorts on. Mm-hmm. Like we could even couldn't even like they had to be like around the knee area. I think I wasn't even allowed to wear shorts to school. I think we had yeah. to. We couldn't wear. I, you know what? I don't think we could either. It seems like maybe. At the end of the year, you know, they would let you wear them for like, well, in elementary school. When it was 99 degrees in your classroom, (laughs) we'll let you wear it today. This one day. Because we didn't have air conditioning in our school back then. No, no, absolutely not. No AC. Uh, Next, memorable trends that weren't fashion, like pop culture trends, um, things like that. I'll start because I got a great one. All right. So I did a little bit of research and. Remco made a uh, Karate Kid action figure set. Oh. <laughs> Very nice. So these were five-inch posable figures. They could twist, chop, and kick, including breakaway accessories. You can cut boards and logs nice. and things like yes. that. So there were two figures per package, so you can choose from Daniel and Mr. Miyagi, or Chosen and Sato, or Johnny and Crease. Hmm. So you can get any nice. of these here. They sold for about eleven ninety-nine per set. 
You know what they'd be worth now? Oh my goodness! You can get them on eBay now for about 150 bucks. Yeah. Not even in the package and not in good wow. shape. Really? Yeah. So I imagine something like that's been that's, reserved. Yeah. Probably very valuable. That's wild. So yeah, that's that's one thing that I found. Uh, you guys got anything? Well, we live in the Midwest, so we were probably a little behind the times. Um, I'm just going to say California was probably doing this three years earlier, but perming the back of your mullet. Oh, yeah. It was perming. very popular yeah. about 87, so yeah. that was a big trend. Didn't Never perm just the back. I permed the whole thing, and it went really bad. I had to go to college and get my uh, <laughs> student ID picture taken with a really bad perm so ladies i'm here to rock you like a hurricane oh it was so bad it was cut out by the time the school year started but for freshman orientation i had to get my picture taken with this terrible perm spent the whole year with my thumb over the picture as i'd walk through like the cafeteria line <laughs> shame you still have it i had it several years ago i have no it could be in a box dude yeah. you need to find it and put it on the living in the 80s facebook page. and nobody <laughs> want to see that one no we all, <laughs> yes, we we all, all see that. want to see that we all want the guys down that. the hall when they saw it nicknamed me tommy bradford <laughs> From eight is enough. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, you're oh, Willie Ames. Yes, Willie Ames. which was Willie Ames, the Bible guy, the Bible guy, there Bible man, Bible, Bible man. man. Yes, Excuse wow. Me. Yeah, I may or may not have had the permed mullet, and just you did. Yes, yes I did. You have did. It. Yeah, I did. Yeah, it was a staple. One of the regrettable uh, fashion <laughs> it choices. Is, that I is made. a bad one. Yes. Oh my I'll give you a trend, and I'll tell you why I'm going to give this to you because I got a text from my mom one day. Of course. This is like said, the third Sharon Ackley reference. She is the listener of the decade. She is, and she may come up more than once. And she she asks us, why do you guys never talk about going to the video store? I'm like, that's a really good point. That is a great because point. Because we didn't have any money to go to the video well, store. Well, no. in 87, we had a VCR by that point. Did you? Good for you. Yeah, we we were rich. We had a VCR. I remember going to Sun TV and buying it. We were rich. <laughs> and and I had the choice of getting the remote control that actually wasn't remote. It was kind of like attached. It had a cord that ran. Really? And That's it was like funny. for like ten extra dollars, you could get it without the wire. I'm like, Ooh. I'm like, is it worth the extra ten bucks? The guy said, Yes, it is. I said, Okay, I'll I'll do it. So I I splurged and spent the extra ten bucks. And then we had like a video store in Asheville, and and you know you go down there, you look at. The, the new selections, you know, whatever whatever the new movies are, they're usually all out. Then you go to the comedy section, then you go to the action section. You just kind of work your way down through it, and then, and then you know, sometimes a special room in the back. Well, Ooh. yeah, not Nashville. And <laughs> not then sometimes Nashville. after an hour, you're just like, well, I've been looking for an hour, I haven't found a movie, and really, you know, I'll take Eat and Run. Right. <laughs> That's how you end up watching movies like Eat and Run. That's right. Yeah. So, but yeah, that was like a, a big. Uh, a big part of the, you know that late '80s was going to the video store. Oh yeah, yeah rent movies. Said that. I mean, that, that that is that was huge. I, mean, I thought we had talked about video stores some. Yeah, Maybe she didn't listen to all that. Maybe it was at no, the end of the wrestling you know what? episode. No, no, I would trust her before I trust myself <laughs> on such a thing. Yeah, so, wow. Video yeah. stores were huge. I mean, it's love the video. Stores. But isn't that so strange to think about? Was you it, would have to go was to it a called store. Video Depot in Asheville. I think it was called Rent a Flick, and Mom didn't like that. She she. Because she didn't want to go to that. I said, "Why not?" And she goes, "Because Flick's got a bad name. Like that's like porno flick, you know." So, yeah, Sharon, she, you're really reaching. Let's just tell you that right now. I agree. She, I thought she was a bit much, but she's like, "I don't like that name. Of that store, Rena Flick." I'm like, well, "Okay, whatever." But uh, it, it was just, it was just. I mean, compared, you know, kids today couldn't imagine 
Oh, you can't man. just sit down on the couch and just flip through a thousand movies. You actually we're, had to go and walk yeah. up and down the aisles. And sometimes, you know, you just pull out. It's like, that looks like a good front cover. I'm going to rent this movie. You have no idea what it's about. Yeah. Now you can go to IMDb and get a full get a, report, get a report yeah. before you, you know, bought, purchase or rent that movie. Or, right. Or so, even just sit down and watch it. But, yeah. yeah, when we, we're, we're getting ready to go on a flight, and so, you know, Grace will, will, will download several movies on our phone or iPad or whatever watching flight yeah it is crazy to think that you know we, we literally and that's really we're a, kind that's, of spoiled now but that was we've talked of, about this before yeah but it, it's kind of I mean back then though it was part of your date you know I mean like yeah. if mm-hmm. you know if you didn't go to the movies uh-huh. well, well let's go to Blockbuster and we'll you know you spend the half hour for just walking around because they've got candy there get you some Twizzlers right get you some Twizzlers walk around eat some milk duds look at movies and, and that's, that's you're spending an hour together, giggling and laughing. I mean, that's 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 good stuff, actually. Yeah. Or good memories. You, or you could be the chivalrous guy, and go ahead and you knew that she wants to watch this movie. On your way to her house, you pick up the movie, you pick up the pizza, go mm-hmm. in the room, and well, and, you, and, and we always read like four or five movies, and yeah. knowing that movies are two hours, of, you know, you're not going to end watch. up watching two and wasting. Two. Right? Yeah. They have to be back the next day, or they charge you. Yeah. Them. Yeah. You got to rewind them, or you got to pay an extra quarter or whatever it yeah. was. Yeah, wow. Well, that's how Good they got stuff. you. They'll rewind things. Good stuff. You, or, or you get to the, you get to to pay, and, and you find out that you you have not returned. I swear, a late charge. Yeah, the late <laughs> charge get you every time. This movie's gonna be twelve ninety nine. What? <laughs> That's a good one. Good, good call, Kevin. Good That's call, a, Sharon. Yeah, good Sharon. Call Sharon. Yeah, we'll give Sharon credit for that one. Mother, there is no other. All right, so now we're gonna get on to more of the pop culture side of 1987. And Snowball, we're gonna start off with you, and we're gonna talk about uh, the top five TV shows of 1987. All right, counting down from five, Growing Pains. Number four, The Golden Girls. Three. Cheers to a different world and the number one show, shocker, The Cosby Show. Ooh. Wow. What were you watching in 1987? I was watching The Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous. There Hello, I'm Robin Leach. Welcome to <laughs> Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous. I am the loudest man in this room. <laughs> I tee him up. He hits he, it out. He of the hits park. It. I used to get hit up for my Robin Leach impression. Yes, he did a lot. <laughs> I don't know that just it just comes back. It just yeah. comes back. No. So tell us about what was Lifestyles of Rich and Famous and why were people loving well, it? Well, what we thought it was isn't exactly what it really was. You would take these celebrities and you would go see their homes and see the lifestyle they lived. But the reality is, several years later, you find out those weren't always their homes. <laughs> they borrowed somebody else's home. No really? kidding. No yeah. way. All these years I've been huh. duped. I never Are you that. serious? Are you serious, Clark? I'm serious. Wow. Hmm. Crazy. I don't know that that's true, man. What were you watching in 87, Kevin? Growing Pains. Growing Pains. Yeah, so you had uh, the Seaver family. Alan Mm -hmm. Thicke was on there. You had uh, Kirk Cameron. Cameron. That that was it. I mean, just, like you said, kind of a wholesome show. Um, Had a little controversy. uh, Yeah, yeah, I think there was. Someone was, one of the girls' friends was pregnant or something was one of the episodes. I was more alluding to uh, one of the... The love interest. Oh yes, where she posed for Playboy. a certain magazine. Yes, that one. yes. And uh, Kurt Cameron had her fired. 
Yes. Because he didn't want that. Because it happened prior to the show, but no one really but then knew. Because they published yeah. after the show came on, and yeah. Wow. But you, Matt? 1987. Uh, I mean, probably my favorite shows back then was um, Saturday Night Live. So oh, of course, yeah. that's yeah. probably the go-to, especially because <laughs> we we would do all like in our youth group we would do skits yeah. and we would you know recreate a lot of those characters. So that was probably like, my favorite thing to watch. Yeah. In, you know, my senior year was that the Eddie Murphy days. No, yeah. I think that was more of the... Well, you were not watching it, I think was it? this is when huh? Martin Short what? and maybe Dana Carvey was on oh, there. Dana Carvey, yeah. Martin Short, Wayne... Like Nora Dunn yeah. maybe was coming along then. John okay. Lovitz. Myers. I'm thinking that group yeah. is starting to okay. cycle through. Yeah, because Wayne's World was a year or two Wayne's later. Wayne's World maybe. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, it's that era. I, I watched this in back then. Yeah. In fact, it's one of the ones I had here. What but, did you watch, Rob? Well, I watched Moonlighting. Yeah, it was a good show back then. It was. A good uh, show. We talked about it last couple episodes ago because it lasted for several 86, years. Eighty six, yeah. eighty eight, or eighty nine, or whatever it was. The show can't find it streaming anywhere. I'd love That's to watch surprising. a few episodes mm. now. Really, mm-hmm. but yeah, I'm not really sure why. But I was listening to a podcast recently, and they were talking about Al Jarreau, what he did in the eighties, jazz singer mostly, mm-hmm. soul singer. But they played part of the moonlighting theme. Oh, that's pretty neat. Yeah, moonlighting. So yeah, that's what I was watching. Did you guys watch Super Dave? Yeah, I not, watch, not really. Like TBS I, mean, I knew or of him, yeah. but and I knew his old shtick. I didn't realize he had five seasons. I was. I'm oh, did that really last that long? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that was my response. <laughs> I figured about half season. Yeah. All right, he's done Probably everything he can do. Be killed in the first half season. <laughs> <laughs> that guy's crazy. Yeah. Crazy. All right, let's uh, talk about movies, Matt. We talk about the movies of 1987. Uh, what were the top five? Uh, top five movies. Number five was Three Men and a Baby. Number four was The Untouchables. Number three, Fatal Attraction. Scary. Yep. Number two, Platoon. And number one, Beverly Hills Cop Two. Hmm. What were you? What was? What would you pick as your favorite movie that year? Uh, my mine wasn't on the list. Mine would probably have been Princess Bride. To the death. No. To the pain. I don't think I'm quite familiar with that phrase. I'll explain, and I'll use small words so that you'll be sure to understand. You warthog-faced buffoon. That may be the first time in my life a man has dared insult me. It won't be the last. I, I think oh, we yes. probably. And I, but I, if I'm being honest, I don't know that it was my favorite back then. I think I probably really come to appreciate that movie as I got a little bit older, probably. Yeah. But from '87, if I look back, I, they're made. I, I like that a lot. Yeah. So unpopular opinion, I was never really a fan of the movie. I've mm-hmm. seen it. There are funny parts. I know people will quote that movie, and it's got such a following, and people just love it. But I watch them just like. You know, dig it? Not that much. Hmm. But, you know. Well, I, think I, I think I'm in the minority. I I've, think I've got your back on this one. I thought you it was a little bit on the boring side. Yeah, but really. I know people love it, and, and I think they like that sweetness and sentimentality to it, but I never was much of a fan either. Oh, well, like you said, there's some was. funny quotable lines in it, but as a whole, it's never yeah, it's, for me. No, not really. So, Kevin, if that wasn't the movie of yours for 1987, what was it? The Lost Boys. Notice anything unusual about Santa Carla yet? No. It's a pretty cool place. If you're a Martian. Or a vampire. 
Are you guys sniffing old newsprint or something? You think you really know what's happening around here, don't you? You think we just work in a comic book store for our folks, huh? This is just our cover. We're dedicated to a higher purpose. We're fighters for truth, justice, and the American way. There you go. Yes. I Good love this movie. The great soundtrack, too. <sighs> yeah, that was... And I, I'm not a fan of horror movies at all. At all. But I really didn't think of that as a horror movie. Because um, mm-hmm. it had a, like sort of a dark comedy edge Yeah, to I it. felt like it was it was like kind of a, a comedy, a horror kind of comedy, you know, so, so I can handle those a little bit better. Yeah. Um, you kind of had the comic relief with the Frog Brothers and stuff. Yes. So, but yeah, I just I thought that movie was fantastic. And perhaps Corey Feldman's best acting ever. Might have been. It could have been. Might have been. You peaked at Lost Boys. I would say it was downhill after that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. What about you, Mike? Can't Buy Me Love, uh, starring Patrick Dempsey and Amanda Peterson. You! Even Bobby thinks we went out. Great, huh? Ha! All of you thought we were a couple. What a joke! Ronald Miller paid me 1,000 bucks to pretend I liked him. What a deal, huh? $1,000 to go out with him for a month. This guy. Oh, God. He bought me. And he bought all of you. He was sick and tired of being a nobody. Yeah, and he said that all of you guys would worship him if we went out. And I didn't believe that. I was like, no way. And he was right. No, he was right. Our little plan worked, didn't it, Ronald? A dance, a stupid dance. What a bunch of followers you guys are. I mean, at least I got, at least I got paid. That was a good movie. I, I like, like that movie. I still yeah. like that one today. Good yeah. Movie. yeah, good movie about the lawn boy, you know, dreaming of becoming one of the popular people, and he seizes the opportunity when uh, the beautiful girl next door ruins her mother's leather coat. So he loans her the money. She pretends to be his girlfriend, and now he's in with the in crowd. So. And it all blows up. It did. Yeah. Yeah, that was a good movie. So if you guys have not seen Can't Buy Me Love, go watch it. It's good. very 80s. Yeah. That stupid dance that he does. It's ridiculous. <laughs> but for some reason, yeah. <laughs> for some reason that movie is one of the ones. Like some jungle dance or whatever he sees on PBS. Oh, yeah, it's like on a <laughs> National Geographic special or something. He's just in front of the TV doing it. He goes to the dance. He's now a popular kid, so everything he does is popular. He's a trend. So, you know, all these yeah, people doing exactly. this dance. So. That's awesome. Yeah. That was a great scene. Kind of reminding me quite a bit of the wolf dance from Teen Wolf. Pretty similar. <laughs> Maybe the same the, choreography. Yeah, the That's choreography. Very, very similar. We'll have to compare the two. So for me, I've got a couple on here, but I have changed my number one. I'm now going with Beverly Hills Cop 2. Mm. Oh, yeah? Uh, my name is Johnny Wish, Wishbone. Johnny Wishbone, and I'm a psychic from the island of St. Croix. Yes, I'm a psychic from the island of St. Croix, and I read in the St. Croix Gazette that the Beverly Hills Police Department had some trouble figuring out crimes. So what I did was come to Beverly Hills to help the police out. They tell me they don't want my help. They don't need my help, so I'm going to go on my merry way. I'm a psychic. I'm a psychic phenomenon. Watch this. I don't know who you are, but watch this. Um, your name is, um, Lutz, right? 
Chief Lutz, that's your name, see? The name pop inside my head like that. And your name is, um, um... Biddle? Biddle, yes, see? And you give two more seconds, I will say to myself, I don't need no help from no one because I'm Johnny Wishbone, psychic extraordinaire. If you need me, just think Johnny Wishbone and I come running. Lots and Biddle. It's like kibbles and bits, but different. Excuse me. Sorry to bother you. Your name is Johnson, right? Johnny Wishbone. What is this, a magic show? I loved the Beverly Hills Cop movies. Like, Eddie Murphy was definitely on fire at that time. Um, I had also put down here Lethal Weapon. Mm -hmm. yep. And The Untouchables. I like mm. both of those movies are well. But yeah. I, I want to say Beverly Hills Cop 2, Axel Foley, just they were, they did a good job at making Beverly Hills Cop 2 like a continuation of Beverly Hills Cop 1 without trying to duplicate the same formula. So yeah. it was very good. And then Beverly Hills Cop 3 was also good. And I hear they're going to. Bring Axel Foley back here soon. Oh wow! Do another Beverly Hills Cop. Crazy. Oh, I just really hope it's better than Coming to America too. Yes, that was yeah. that was disappointing. That was bad. So, all right. So the last part before we take our break here is who was the coolest celebrity of 1987? We'll start hmm. with you, Kevin. I think this guy is still cool today. Nicholas Cage. Nick Cage. So. Um, that year he had uh, Raising Arizona and Moonstruck. So he had two two big movies. One I have never seen, Moonstruck, but Raising okay. Arizona. Was it's great. got Cher in it, so it kind of keeps why, me away. Yeah. If any other woman was in that, I might may watch it. Yeah. So yeah, Nick Cage. Nice. I love Andy Samberg doing Nicholas oh, Cage. Yeah. Why wasn't I in that movie? Because it does feel like he's in every movie, he is. right? Every every time you turn on Prime or Netflix or something, there's like a new Nicolas Cage movie, <laughs> and they get worse and worse. And yeah, worse. it's almost like that's part of the joke is that it's bad, right? Well, they've got. Have you seen that? The unbearable weight of massive talent. Yeah, we saw it. I'm like, I've got to go see this movie, and and it was he so was he's essentially in on it. a parody of himself. Yeah, I would like to hang out with Nicolas Cage just to. He just seems like a neat dude. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, be fun. All right, Matt, cool celebrity, 1987. Uh, I think cool dude growing in popularity back then, uh, Kevin Costner. I think he was. Mm. He's and and he's, he's he's older than us, but at the same time, he's not like the brat pack kind of dude, like our age, kind of going up with us. He was the older dude, but he was just like just a cool dude, man. He was just. Good roles. It always had a good role. It seemed like he never made a bad movie. I'm sure he did, but but it, it always seems like he did. You've seen The Postman, <laughs> or Waterworld. Well, Waterworld. Water, 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 but that was like the most. But, but they, I kind of liked the them, whole world. They poured all that money. It was like the most expensive movie ever made when it was made, because he was like the coolest dude ever. How it can't go wrong. It can't go bad because it's Kevin Costner. Apparently, when you did. give him web feet or something yeah. in a weird story, I, then it's. It's gonna be like that. All right, uh, snowball. Well, that 1987 would be the year we really got to know Tawny Katane. Yes, dancing around on hood of the car. Every teenage boy in America was very appreciative of that. Teenage boy, grown man. <laughs> and then we mail with a heartbeat. There it is. There it is. Yep, Tawny Katane. Yeah. Cool. So I'm going a different route. To me, the coolest guy of 1987 was Bo Jackson. Okay. He played mm. football. He played baseball. He was on the video games. Like, if you had Bo Jackson and Tech Mobile, yeah. <laughs> you were not going to... He was not going to be tackled. Yeah. 
Yeah, Bo Jackson. I or if you were uh, Brian Bosworth, you weren't gonna tackle him. No, uh, you would be laying on your back after he ran over your face. <laughs> That's what would happen. That, that, that also was... happened in 1987. Third and one from the two. Here's Bo, and here goes Bo for the touchdown. He and Bosworth one on one, and Jackson just jumps him into the end zone. Yeah, that was so cool when he would like go from playing a baseball game to the football or football to baseball, yeah. and just as when those seasons kind of overlap, and it was just like Seamless. wow. Him and Deion guy. Sanders, yeah, too. Right. So they both were. I think Deion may be a year or two behind him. Yeah. It seems like. Yeah. But yeah, Bo was kind of like the first one. Yeah, and I mean, you see him on there like he would like take that bat and break it over his knee, and just he was just. I don't know if he was juicing or not, but he's a big dude, man. Actually, I don't believe he lifted. Yeah. He was so big, he wouldn't lift weights. He would just do push-ups, sit-ups. That's what Herschel Walker did. Yeah. He was the same way. And they said he worked out with like a towel or something. He didn't yeah. use free weights. Yeah. I don't need that. I That's hard to believe. I use the same <laughs> workout program. I, I, I do too, but why don't I look I like that? I remember when I, I first know. read that, like grabbing a towel, going like, I'm doing the, the Herschel Walker workout, you know. <laughs> it wasn't the same. No. <laughs> That's great. But yeah, uh, Bo Jackson was everywhere in 1987. That's a great one. So, That's a great one. I'm surprised he didn't do any action movies. Speaking yeah. of I which, bet he got we need to do a podcast on action movies, I think. We've never actually done a real one before, so we need to maybe do that in the near future. Good call. That's a great yes. idea. It's a great <laughs> Sounds good to me. Let's do it. All right. Well, hey, we're going to come back, and we're going to go over music of 1987, which is the part we love the most. So hang tight. We'll be right back. Shall we play a game? Hi, I'm Joel McLaughlin, the most excellent host of Living in the Retro Arcade. If you're into video games from the 70s through current day, this is the show for you. We'll talk about technical aspects of the games as well as memories, the best that we can remember them. That's Living in the Retro Arcade, available on all popular podcast platforms. Welcome back to Living in the 80s. We are on our last segment. The music. Now, what I remember about music in 1987 was U2 and lots of hair metal. Yeah, that's what I remember. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. absolutely. Just, if you is ask there anything me off else? the top of my head. So, speaking of music in 1987, we have a text thread we've talked about on here that we'll send stuff back and forth to each other throughout the week. And Snowball sent us this song. So, talk about the song and the artist. This is great. Okay. Uh, it's a band called Steel Panther. They're basically a modern-day glam rock band with a little bit of comedy. So they released a song this year called 1987. 
uh, his good friend John today. They both graduated in 1987 from Grove City, and they both, oh, that's awesome. So there you go. Good one. So as we start going through stuff, and I'm like, oh, that was in 1987. So things start coming back to me. So, Kevin, why don't you start off, give us the top five songs in 1987, and tell us which one is yours. All right, number five is Nothing's Gonna Stop Us Now by Starship. Number four is I Want to Dance with Somebody by Whitney Houston. Number three, Shake You Down by Gregory Abbott. Number two, Alone by Heart. And number one, Walk Like an Egyptian by The Bangles. So, hold on one second. He makes this vomit noise when you say nothing's going to stop us now, but thought Shake You Down's a good song. Hmm. Shake You Down's a great song. Oh, boy. That's funny. <laughs> I, actually, I kind of agree with you. It's a good song. <laughs> but, so, Kevin, uh, if you have to go all the songs in 87, what are you picking? Uh, this one's kind of probably not what you would expect, but When Smokey Sings by ABC. Oh, the guys, the, so it's basically an homage to Smokey and how great his voice is. But Smokey the guy, Robinson. yes, but the guy that's singing it also has a great voice. And so yes. I just, I don't know, I just for whatever reason, I just always have liked that song. Yeah. And and there's an album that came out that year that's awesome, but the songs weren't on the chart until '88. So that's the one I'm going with for '87. So one of the funny things about that song when it says when Smokey sings, it sounds like violins. I thought for the longest time it said violence. Yeah. It's like, that doesn't make any sense there. I hear violence. Finally it hit me. Yeah. I hear violence. Okay. Great. Uh, Mike, what's your song for 87? Mm. Well, I kind of find it humorous that your intro is about how kind of rocking 87 was. The top five list, nothing rocks. Yep. What Good Kevin's point. bringing doesn't rock. doesn't rock. But what I bring, oh, it rocks. Not really, but to pow. Oh. Heart and soul. That rocks all right. I like that song. I, I like that song. I know it doesn't rock, but I like that song a lot. <laughs> that's, that's good stuff. <laughs> no comment. That's one of those ones that come on, I go, oh, that's to pow. Yeah, Best song of 1987. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Right there. We'll go with that. We'll go with that. Matt. 1987. Uh, I mean, again, I've made reference a lot over the previous podcast. I try to find, uh, in 87, I mean, I, I listened to a lot of the, the normal 80s music, obviously, uh, but I also listened to a lot of Christian music. And, and if you look up the, if you look at like top 10 songs uh, for, for 87 uh, that are Christian and that are regular, there's one song that's on both of them. It's kind of surprising, but uh, I still haven't found what I'm looking for by you too.
It's actually listed as one of the top ten Christian songs for the year, which would kind of surprise me a little bit. Really? I didn't uh, but it's also obviously, uh, you know, one of the biggest songs of 87. So I think for having that crossover appeal uh, back then, I thought that was really, really cool. So that'd be my song. Yeah, that, that is a great song. Uh, always love that song, the whole album. I'm sure we'll talk about that here in a little bit. But uh, my favorite song, also from U2, is With or Without You. Slide of hand and twist of face On a bed of nails she makes me waste And I wait without you So with or without you, great song, good love song. If you might remember, that was Rachel and Ross's song on Friends a few years ago. Oh, later. that's right. So it has yep. held up over time as well. So I still, when that bass starts at the beginning of the song, it just sounds super Oh, yeah. Funny. Mike, we'll start with you. What's the worst song of 1987? You know, a lot of times it's really hard to pick the best song. But, man, some years there's just some songs that just eat at you. Mm-hmm. For me... The one at least made the top of the list. Aerosmith, Dude Looks Like a Lady. Yeah, that song always annoyed me. Yeah, very annoying song. Yeah. I mean, I could also talk about Kenny G and Songbird, but I won't talk about that one. <laughs> I don't know which one I would rather not hear. Oh, <laughs> it's terrible. It's a tough one. <laughs> Matt, what about you? Uh, I, and I think mine is George Michael, I Want Your Sex. I think oh, that's I, a good song. I, to me, back then here, I was, I was trying to be this... Was it frustrating for I you? I was very... I was trying to be a good dude. I mean, I, I really was trying to be a good dude. And when you take a girl to Cardo's, and, and then they go to the jukebox, and they play this song, you're going... It's a lot of pressure on you. It's a lot of pressure. <laughs> yeah. And, and then, I mean, I think there's... Is that devil on your shoulder? you got to flick away. Yeah. yeah. I mean, um, yeah. Yeah, it's just it was, it was that that song was. I mean, it's funny how overt. was it because you were dressed like George Michael? You had the five o'clock shadow. Oh, I had no five o'clock shadow back then. Yeah, this, this little mustache. Back then. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah, puberty wasn't right now. It was, but yeah. It, it, I mean, when you're trying to be, you know, toe the line and be this good guy, and then that, that's it just. You know, some of the songs back then were just so blatantly over the top, raunchy. And and yet we gloss over it sometimes, like oh, this is so great, but that's I mean, it's just crazy. I mean, like if like if my daughter was to listen to that, and that, you know, those kind of songs now, I'd be like, you turn that smut off, little right. girl. <laughs> what is know? wrong with you? But yet it, those are that's, those are nostalgic, wonderful songs now. <laughs> just so weird. Yeah, it's, that it's that so whole that album was huge. Would yeah. you walk up to the jukebox and then play You Don't Have to Take Your Clothes Off? Yeah. I would follow up that <laughs> yeah, song. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> to have a good time. Oh, no. Oh, no. What about you, Kevin? Worst song of 1987. Ballerina Girl by Lionel Richie. Oh, yeah. That's pretty bad. Yeah. That, mm, I respect Lionel, but that's bad. I, I like that a lot of his songs. That under my radar. That, yeah. that is very bad. I like a lot of his songs, like a lot of his songs with Commodores, but he had some stinkers in the 80s, yeah. too. And this that one Penny Lover both. Penny yeah, Lover. Yeah, like Loafers. Penny Lovers. Should have been Penny Lovers. It should have been. Penny Loafers. It should have been. It might have sounded better. Back. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> it made more sense. It does. It made more sense. So for me, I, I struggle here because there are two. 
Walk Like an Egyptian by the Bengals. Uh, number one song of the year. Always hated it. And then Always by Atlantic Star. I like that song. Uh, it's just so syrupy and mushy. It's sure. such a wedding song. I yeah. 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 So, it's definitely a wedding a lot, song. A lot of people like it. A lot, yeah. 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 Definitely. a lot of people do. I mean, it's a huge hit. So I'm probably in the minority. Definitely a good love song. Like it. Seemed like it'd be a good uh, song for one of your mixtapes. I bet, I bet it's on a mixtape. I bet it probably could be. It's probably something that Kim probably said. Oh, I bet well, something could change your mind real quick. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you like it to come by. I'll buy the whole album. Love that, that song. Really song. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Now we're going to talk about top albums of 1987. Go number five to number one. Number five is Hysteria by Def Leppard. Number four, Faith by George Michael. Number three, Dirty Dancing Soundtrack. Number two is Bad by Michael Jackson. And number one is The Joshua Tree. There it is. So I sent everybody a list. That list is not accurate. It is not. Hmm. Yeah. So, what is it? Well, I told you what it was. I <laughs> oh. took off Appetite for Destruction because it wasn't number oh. five. Mm. In 1988, it was. Uh-huh. It came out in November of 87. Yeah, so it hadn't quite hit October its stride just yet. But So those are the top albums of 1987. So my favorite, uh, no surprise, I was a big U2 fan back then. Uh, I'm going to go Joshua Tree. Tucker. Yeah, so when this album came out, it was U2. I mean, this, as far as I'm concerned, this was the peak of their career. This album, this tour, uh, Kevin and I got to go see them live. We've talked about that on here a few times. Yeah. Great show. Uh, just their music always sent a pretty positive message. They sung very passionately. And uh, that's uh, in Bull the Blue Sky. We played just here a second ago. I love, love, love that song. Um, it's just, you know, great band. Uh, once, they, once the 90s hit, I kind of, I don't say I lost interest, but I was not nearly as enthusiastic about them as I was when Joshua Tree came out. Yeah. But, yeah, that was, uh, that was it. Kevin, what's yours? My favorite 1987 album is also my favorite album of the entire decade. Oh boy. Appetite for Destruction by Guns N' Roses. Album. Yep. There's not a bad song on there. Hmm. Not a single bad song on hmm. there. Well, we'll just play that for Sharon Ackley and see if she agrees. <laughs> mother, there is no other like mother. So treat her right. 
No, no, well, of course, well, we, 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 we did just play Sweet Child of Mine. Kevin's her sweet child. Yeah, that's true. That child. is true. So, yes. Yeah, there it was. It might be a good song for her. Yeah, I remember when they hit, it's like they were just so raw and and were, they come in the midst of all of these hair bands that were kind of had this little glossier, yeah, the bubblegum edge. I mean, pop, these guys yeah. are smashing the they face were with a guitar. Yeah, yeah. Those, they, those they, I mean, were Axel was ugly. And just Hardcore. dirty, smelly looking. Yeah. But man, that music just thumped through your speakers. Yeah. It's good stuff. How about you, Matt? Total opposite of Kevin. Total op- I mean, uh, my my favorite album in 87 was uh, a self-titled album, Rust Half by Rust Half. It was... Rust Half by Rust Half. No, it, 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 it was just the best album ever. I mean, it's just, again... Every, I mean, I, I, looking back, he just got one of the best voices. Uh, I mean, to, to me, uh, that, that's ever saying he's, he's powerful, strong, uh, and it, you know, back, you know, back then, you know, trying to like Christian music with all, with all the cool '80s music, um, it was like music was cool here, but the Christian music was like six steps below, very, very subpar, didn't hold up. Uh, but there were a few bands that, that did, and Russ is one. I mean, it's, I still believe. Good Lord, that's yeah, just some that's cool a, stuff. That is amazing song. Yeah, Which they, the whole album is really good. It is a good album. I mean, if you know, and I, and I would imagine most folks uh, listening to the podcast have never heard of this. Check it out on Apple Tunes. Yeah, yes. check it, it. It'd be a great listen for you. And if you're searching, it's Russ T A F F is the last name. Yeah, Russ and uh, look look that album up. Metals, uh, metal, walls of glass. Yeah, look look those albums up. Even if, you know, if you're not necessarily a Christian music fan, it it's holds up. It holds yeah, up. It, Sounds it's good, good today. Music. Yeah. It's good music. So in Lost Boys, they sang "I Still Believe." That was yes. Tim Capello that sang yeah. it. Through the light, through the storms, through the cries. With the playing the saxophone, yeah. but yeah, Russ Taff also sang. So it's kind of yeah. interesting. It was like more. It, it it's the same song, but Cross with Russ Taff singing. Yeah. I still believe it had that more Christian bend to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And I love I love both versions. Yeah, both versions are great. Russ, All right, my favorite album of 1987 would be Hysteria by Def Leppard. Oh, that's-
included songs such as Love Bites, Rocket, Animal, Armageddon, and Pour Some Sugar On Me. Come on. That was a great album. I remember, remember when that came out. I mean, they had a long pause between Pyromania and Hysteria because Rick Allen, had the drummer, had lost his arm in an accident, and it took him forever to find a way to make the album. Learn to play wanna, with one arm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They didn't want to just go out and get another drummer. But they did reattach the arm, but he lost it due to an infection. Yeah. Mm. I mean, that, that story... I mean, it, it really did, like, captivate everybody when that happened. Because yep. I mean, they were huge. Yeah. This happens, and you're like, what? And, I mean, then he comes back and plays. Then he's it's just the one-arm drummer. I mean, it's just the yeah. coolest thing in the world. I always just thought it was cool that they waited on him. Yeah. What yeah. loyalty from the band members, right? To not oh, just yeah. toss him aside. But, yeah, that was that was awesome. Well, they probably tossed the arm to the side if it fell off. I mean, it was... Sam's infection. But, <laughs> but they kept him. They kept yeah, him. Yeah, they, they did. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh, we, we know, know what you're exactly saying. saying. But that that was that is awesome. that's a great album. All right, now let, let's talk about uh, our guilty pleasure song. Now this is a song, you know, it may not people may not perceive this as the most manly tune, there but is. you turn it on, you turn it up, it sounds good to mm. you. You're in that car, oh, you're driving man. down the road, you're Crank singing loud. Up. And Crank what are you singing up. loud to, Mike? What's it gonna be? I think we're alone now. <laughs> Bye, Tiffany. <laughs> group knowing no, hey, that you're going to be laughed out of the room. Confident in and you're just, you boldly, you didn't whisper it. I think we're alone now about <laughs> Tiffany. No, that's great. <laughs> I applaud you, sir. Thank you. Wow. The song's terrible, but I applaud you. <laughs> it's his guilty pleasure. It is mine. I got several others, but I'll I, maybe I'll save them. We'll, we'll come back to them. Uh, Matt, your guilty pleasure. Uh, probably same vein. A uh, little Casanova, Levert. Can't you see how much I'm really loving? Gonna sing it to you time and time again. Oh, Casanova. Casanova. I'm just yeah. saying, that's, that's a good little. Yeah, okay. that's a good one. one. That is I don't good mind one. that song. Casanova. It's got a nice little yeah. beat to it. Yep. It's good. Kevin. Uh, believe it or not, my guilty pleasure is always <laughs> my authentic <laughs> star. <laughs> Come with me, my sweet. Let's go make a family. And they will bring us joy for always. Oh boy, I love you so. I can't find enough ways to let you know. But you can't. The song you hate. Uh, yeah, I've always. Was it your wedding song? No, but it could have been. That could have been a good first 
first dance song. We had had dancing in our mm-hmm. wedding, but we didn't because that was a bad thing. Right. <laughs> Even though we were married, that's still right. dancing was evil. Right. Um, but <laughs> dancing uh, yeah. with evil. No, dancing was. Oh. Evil. I was like, dancing <laughs> with evil. <laughs> oh, that was not even all, evil at all. She's a sweet gal. <laughs> so yeah, always by Atlantic Star. All right. So I got three. I'm okay. gonna give you the one. We'll come back, circle around again, and I, I really have. It's tough between two of them here. Mm. So I'm going to say, Don't Disturb This Groove by The System. Hang the sign up on the door. I say, Don't Disturb This Groove. That's a good song. Snowball, you said you had a couple more guilty pleasures. Sure do. We got some uh, uh, Lisa Lisa, head to toe. Mm, baby. That's the worst. Another song that was mentioned before, Gregory Abbott, Shake You Down. Of course. I love that song. Soulful. Mm, That's good. You know I'm looking for a new love, Jody Wiley. I mean, come on. Come on. Matt, do you feel guilty about that? No. I kind of embraced that pretty well. I've embraced it. I'm, I'm there now. Kevin, you got any extras? Nope, I just put the one down. All right. <laughs> All right, so our last thing we'll talk about here is our hidden gem. So this is a song that, you know, most of our friends, most of the people out there may not know about or may have forgotten about. So, Kevin, we'll start with you. What's your hidden gem song in 1987? Going back to Appetite for Destruction, uh, this never really got played on the radio, but uh, Rocket Queen by Guns N' Roses. You know, not a bad song on the whole album. Yep, it's a good one. Good one. Good one. Matt, Uh, mine is an obscure uh, Christian song. Good stuff though, but you you would dig it if you heard it. It's uh, called Screen Door. Snowball is our part-time director also. He's He's giving everyone the the non-verbal prompts like and pause and go. So so Uh, if you guys are listening here, wow. Of course you're listening. <laughs> you would still be here. And he just clapped his hand again. There are certain cues that I give these guys as we're doing, because i got to edit this mess afterwards and cut a few minutes out and so forth. Mike has this thing where he likes to clap his hands lately. He didn't do it forever, but the last few episodes he's clapped his hands at least three or four times. If anyone's talking, you can't hear anything over his hand claps. So I had to put him in timeout earlier tonight for this. And Matt has a thing where he will not use a space bar. Because I'm like... It's one continuous sentence. Yeah. So when we do a song, we do the song and the artist. Brief pause. pause, Gives me a chance to insert the little sound clip. I just get excited. I I can tell. I get excited. (laughs) You've looked behind the the curtain, so to speak. Anyhow. uh, My my head gym was... uh, a song called Screen Door by Rich Mullins. It's about as useless as a screen door on a submarine. Fade without works, baby. It just ain't happening now. One is your left hand. One is your right. It'll take two strong arms mm-hmm, to hold on tight. Some folks have cut off the nose. Just despite their face, I think you need some works to show. 
Thank you. Uh, neat little song, uh, and it's just, it, it's just a. Uh, I don't know how you just even describe. It. It's just like this indie cool dude, you know, yeah. folksy kind of guy. Uh, kind of bohemian kind of guy that yeah. just kind of maybe a little, little behind. Sort of not not a hippie, but just sort of like just a, bare just a very earthy guy. Earthy, earthy. Yeah. Dude. yeah. Uh, songs is cool. Base the the base. Uh, just the song is faith uh, without works is like a screen door on a submarine. Yeah. About as useless as a screen door on a submarine. Neat little wordplay. Good stuff. Good song. Most of you, I'm sure, have never heard it. Check that one out as well. There you go. Good choice. Good choice. Nice. All right, Mike. I don't know if you guys would consider this a hidden gem or not, but it's a song I definitely forgot about. And then I was researching, you know, 1987. I was like, oh, that's a great song. Benjamin Orr, Stay the Night. Great tune. You sent this earlier, and I was so proud of you. Were mm-hmm. you proud like, of me? He's a former bassist and you know, sometimes singer for the Cars. Did you know that? Nah. No. Yeah. But yeah, that's true. And I do recognize it. I didn't realize it. You're right. Yeah. But I knew that. Yeah. I forgot I knew that. <laughs> so why why that song? Just a good song. Just a good song. That's all I need to know. You know, like all my songs, they're all good songs. <laughs> yeah, here we <laughs> yes, go. they are. Great songs. Yeah. I'm so understating that. That one has been on at least one, if not multiple, mixtapes I've made. Oh. So that's, that's a good one. All right. My hidden gem, and I really struggled. When we get done, I'll read off the other ones I didn't use. But uh, I'm going to go with Rescue Me by The Alarm. This band was out in 85, 86, 87, and they, MTV hits, maybe on alternative radio, but I always liked The Alarm, and I had to pick an alarm song here because I was listening to them uh, a decent amount back then, and that is one that just always, always got me. Uh, Do we have any other hidden gems before I go through the rest of my list here? Do I have any other hidden gems? Yes, I do. How about Cinderella, Nobody's Fool? Oh, good tune. I saw them in concert. They went for Bon Jovi in 1987. Mm, Good good show. Kevin, you got any more? Nope, I just put down the one. All right. So I've got um, also another alarm song called Rain in the Summertime. I've got that as one of my hidden gems. And uh, No New Tale to Tell by Love and Rockets. I've got I've Been Tired by the Pixies, uh, What's My Scene by Hoodoo Gurus, and I Don't Mind It All by Bourgeois Tag. That's my hidden gems. So, 
my extensive list. It was, a, it was a pretty good year for music, I think, and there was a lot of uh, off-the-beaten-path stuff I was listening to back then. So, All right, so that wraps up today's podcast, and we're going to be back next week talking about MTV's birthday. So August 1st, 1981, all 80s music fans know was the day MTV was launched, and we're going to have a panel of people talking all about that and it should be a pretty good show and then we'll be back in two weeks with uh, 1984 so until then our outro song this week is another great song for 1987 could be another hidden gem uh, this is Smoking Gun by the Robert Cray Band you guys thanks take care God bless we'll see you next week Right.